0: It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, April 28th. I'm Kelly Reese and this is your KVMR Evening News. In the wake of the eye-popping $787 million Fox News defamation settlement with Dominion Voting Systems, a group of concerned Shasta County citizens is taking action. They're spearheading the charge to recall County Supervisor Kevin Cry, one of the supervisors who peddled conspiracy theories about Dominion, ultimately leading Shasta County to terminate its contract with the voting system. Then we've got your local news and weekend weather forecast. And KVMR's Felton Pruitt talks to Ruthie Foster, who performs as part of the New Songs Festival. She brings a little bit of gospel, blues, jazz folk, and soul to the Center for the Arts in downtown Grass Valley on Saturday.
1: This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Criminal justice advocates and some incarcerated individuals have filed a lawsuit against the California prison system. What's at issue? Policies the plaintiffs argue that illegally discriminate against inmates who prison officials believe are foreign-born. KQED's Tyke Hendricks reports.
2: The lawsuit alleges the prison system, known as CDCR, assumes all immigrants are non-citizens or eligible for deportation, and flags them for ICE agents. Sana Singh is with the ACLU, which is filing the suit. She says too often, officials make mistakes.
1: One of the people that we first learned about who was impacted by this illegal practice was Brian Boucle. He'd been a U.S. citizen for over 50 years. CDCR wrongfully referred him to ICE and actually wrongfully even turned him over to ICE and ICE ended up incarcerating him. She says the prisons
2: also deny rehabilitation opportunities to people they've flagged with an immigration hold. CDCR officials have not responded to a request for comment. For the California report, I'm Tyke Hendricks.
1: State legislators in Sacramento have voted down bills to increase criminal penalties for fentanyl dealers. KQED Politics correspondent Guy Marsotti has more.
3: Proposals from Republicans and fellow Democrats that would have increased sentences and penalties for fentanyl dealers were rejected in committee. That's despite testimony from families affected by overdoses.
0: I lost my son three months ago to fentanyl.
2: My 19-year-old died September 30th, 2021, to fentanyl.
3: But formerly incarcerated Californians like Anti-Recidivism Coalition Executive Director Sam Lewis say the crisis needs a public health response.
0: The cost that the state could be spending on treatment, we will be building prisons.
3: The committee did advance measures to create a fentanyl overdose and addiction task force and strengthen law enforcement collaboration on the
1: issue. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzorati. Amtrak and commuter rail service has been suspended between Los Angeles and San Diego. This after a landslide in the Orange County community of San Clemente threatened a stretch of tracks that run along the coast. No word yet on when rail service will be restored. Now, if this all sounds very familiar, that's because the San Diego to LA route was just fully reopened after a six-month closure. Also because of coastal bluff collapse in nearly the same place. After Shasta County elected officials changed how the county will count votes in future elections, efforts are underway to recall another county supervisor there. Supervisor Kevin Cry was served with an intent to recall notice during this week's board meeting. Retired Shasta County Public Defender Jeff Gorder explained why the group Shasta County Citizens for Stable Governance wants to recall Cry. You campaigned on fiscal responsibility, ensuring the
3: county doesn't get sued, and on being a uniter and a healer. You've done none of those things. Rather, you voted to throw away millions of taxpayer dollars by relying on the disproven opinions of election denier Mike Lindell and terminating the contract with Dominion voting systems in favor of a costly and untested hand count system.
1: Since taking office following the November election, Cry has been at the center of controversy surrounding My Pillow CEO Mike Lindell, including taking a trip to visit Lindell last month. The recall group says the trip was a waste of taxpayer money when the meeting could have happened over the phone. Back in February of 2022, then-Republican Supervisor Leonard Modi was successfully recalled. That effort was led by a far-right militia in Shasta County. Central Valley lawmakers are calling on Governor Gavin Newsom to earmark $200 million to help the San Joaquin Valley, which has already seen flooding during this year's storms and could see even more with the melting of the massive snowpack in the Sierra foothills. A letter sent this week by 12 lawmakers highlighted the need for a greater emergency response to the flooding. In his January budget proposal, the governor cut $40 million for floodplain restoration projects in the San Joaquin Valley. Those projects would have allowed cloud rivers, and other waterways to flood in certain strategic places, reducing the risks of widespread flooding downstream. Officials in the city of Berkeley say they'll fight a judge's ruling that struck down the city's first-in-the-nation ban on natural gas hookups in new buildings. KQED's Aaron Baldessari has more.
0: The California Restaurant Association sued not long after the Berkeley City Council passed the ordinance in 2019, arguing it violated a federal law governing energy efficiency standards. A three-judge panel of the Ninth Circuit agreed, ruling this month that the federal law preempts Berkeley's local one. Councilmember Kate Harrison authored the city's ordinance.
2: We know what this is really about. The dangerous idea that business profits trump local and state
0: government's right to protect our community's health and safety and a habitable climate. Harrison says she'll ask the city attorney to seek a new ruling from an 11-member panel of the Ninth Circuit. Until then, she says the ordinance remains in effect.
1: That was KQED's Aaron Baldessari reporting. Support for the
3: California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives, stanfordmedicine.org, the Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved youth, and Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health, on the web at 11thhourracing.org.
1: And that's the California Report for Friday, April 28th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Jim Bennett, Catherine Monahan, Christopher Beale, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Izzy Bloom and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editors, Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Erica Kelly. Our vice president of news is Ethan tovin Lindsay, And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day.
0: Let's take a look at today's local news. In a news release today, the Nevada Irrigation District says they're anticipating high, cold water and dangerous conditions in rivers and waterways this weekend. The agency, which supplies water for much of Nevada County and portions of Placer and Yuba Counties, points to rapid snowmelt from this weekend's heatwave as the culprit. NID's Director of Power Systems, Keen Summers, says, quote, With warming temperatures, it may be tempting to head to the water. NID asks the public to be mindful that the rapid melt will create river levels exceeding flows in recent years. Additionally, the water is very cold and could limit your ability to save yourself. The high flows and cold temperatures will combine to result in an increased risk around local waterways. California snowpack is forecasted to melt quickly as air temperatures soar, and high elevations don't guarantee a reprieve. Nevada County's Bowman Lake, for example, sits at an elevation over 4,000 feet. Temperatures there this weekend are forecast at a high of 70 degrees and low in the upper 40s. To no one's surprise, the snowmelt generated from these high temps is cold. The National Weather Service says water temperatures are in the mid-30s to low-40s and higher elevations near Lake Tahoe and Truckee. In the foothills, water temperatures are in the 40s and 50s. NID says flows in their upper elevation reservoirs are expected to pick up greatly this weekend. Jackson Meadows and Bowman Dam are already spilling. While there is widespread flooding forecast for portions of California, NID says their position to fare better. In fact, according to NID's Director of Operations, Chip Close, flows down the Bear River have already peaked. Quote, I don't believe there is any cause for alarm at this point. The weather is on our side as the coming heat spell is forecast to be short-lived with cold temps moving back in next week. Nevada County's Environmental Health Department has announced five upcoming mosquito fish giveaways starting Thursday, May 11th and continuing every Thursday until July 6th. Amy Irani, the county's Environmental Health Director, explains that mosquito fish consume a lot of insect larvae in ponds or other standing bodies of water. And by reducing the mosquito population in larva form, you can reduce the mosquito population and your risk of contracting mosquito-borne diseases, including the West Nile virus. Irani also reminds folks to check and remove standing water from pots, bins, buckets, and tires. But before you start dumping mosquito fish willy-nilly, Irani says there are some things to note. These fish are not native. They're an invasive species. Which means they're only meant for closed or stagnant ponds and should not be placed into ponds that can drain into the local creeks and streams. If you have questions, Nevada County Environmental Health can inspect your water source and offer other options. Now, on to your weekend weather forecast from the National Weather Service. Get ready for dramatically contrasting weather as this weekend first brings near record heat for much of our listening area. Then, weather conditions shift as wind picks up Sunday, dropping temperatures. High elevation snow is forecast to start Monday and rain may follow as temperatures plummet. If you plan to travel up the mountain, the Sacramento Bee says to expect travel delays and a possibility of chain controls. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 59 degrees. Saturday, mostly sunny with a high near 83. Saturday night will be mostly clear with a low around 56 degrees. Sunday, sunny with a high near 74. It could be gusty with winds as high as 21 miles per hour. Sunday night will be mostly clear with a low around 43 degrees. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight mostly cloudy with a low around 41 degrees. Saturday, mostly sunny with a high near 70. Saturday night will be partly cloudy with a low around 40 degrees. Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 64. Sunday night will be breezy with a low around 34 degrees. The National Weather Service has issued a flood watch in effect until 9 a.m. on Monday, May 1st. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight partly cloudy with a low around 58. Saturday sunny with a high near 90. Saturday night will be mostly clear with a low around 54 degrees. Sunday sunny with a high near 80. Sunday night will be mostly clear with a low around 49 degrees. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. After growing up in Texas, Ruthie Foster joined the Navy and soon began singing in the Naval band. But that wasn't her first introduction to music. Having come from a family of gospel singers, it's been at the center of her life since the very beginning. According to Foster, a great song is a great song, no matter the genre. So she intentionally takes inspiration from the wide palette of American song forms, incorporating gospel, blues, jazz, folk, and soul into her music. Ruthie Foster comes to Grass Valley tomorrow, and KVMR's Felton Pruitt sat down with the musician to get the details.
3: We're talking with Ruthie Foster. She's going to be playing at the Center for the Arts in Grass Valley tomorrow night at Saturday, April 29th, 8 o'clock. She's part of the New Songs Festival. I actually got to see it last night with uh, Lori Lewis and Keith Grenager. And then tonight it's going to be Iris Dement. And then tomorrow night, Ruthie Foster coming in. So you must have some new songs.
2: I do. I have a new album that uh, we released last year, Healing Time. So I'm going to throw in a few new songs, if I can get away with that solo. It's just going to be me and Pearl, my guitar, on this ride.
3: Your guitar's named Pearl. I like that. Yeah. Tell people about Pearl.
2: Pearl is this beautiful Godin guitar uh, for you French folks. Godin. She's a Fifth Avenue Gold Edition, so she's very pretty. Semi-hollow body with a Bixby on the back, Bixby Bridge, and I just love her. She plays sweet.
3: She's got that special tone for you?
2: Yeah, she's got that Ruthie tone. I love that. And I love <laughs> Bix in my hollow guitar uh, because I, I grew up listening to Sister Rosetta Tharp and people that played uh, hollow body guitars and 335s like B.B. King. So, yeah, I have a huge, huge affinity for uh, these, these guitars.
3: Talk about some of the other people that you really uh, appreciated that made you want to become a musician, like Sister Rosetta.
2: Yeah, she was the biggest influence. But later on, I got into gospel singers like um, Aretha. I love Aretha's gospel albums. And, of course, anything she sang was pretty much just going to be the last thing you want to hear, waking up and going to bed, right? Oh, yeah. Beautiful voice. Yeah, and and, uh, later on... Uh, songwriters like Phoebe Snow, uh, Janice N is another great songwriter. When I was getting into really wanting to write songs, I started getting into listening to folks like them. But, you know, these days there's even a lot of young people I love listening to. Uh, India Ari, I've loved keeping up with her and her writing. And what I love about being at festivals like the ones I'm, I'm going to be at is discovering more people that I want to follow. That's that's what's really great about being a traveling musician. I can be a fan at the same time.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I was talking with Iris Dementa on an interview a couple of days ago, and she was mentioning Mahalia Jackson being like one of her main people that wanted, made her want to sing.
2: Absolutely, mine too. And I love hearing that she, you know, mentions her. Mahalia Jackson is a huge influence on a lot of great singers, and I I love to dig dig from that well too whenever I can on stage and off.
3: It's a good place to sip, isn't it, that well?
2: It is, right? Yeah. There's no one better, man. I mean, she really, she nails it when it comes to tone and power and just all, all out emotion and faith.
3: Well, let's talk about your new record for a little bit, Healing Time. Now, I, I remember getting it last year, and I thought it was a little bit different than some of your other albums. Would you agree with that?
2: Absolutely. That was the intent. It's my pandemic album. (laughs) I just have those. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it was just, it came about when me and my band were just sitting around talking on Zoom about we're not sure if we're going to be able to get out there anymore as a group and sing and play live. What can we do to just put music out to people in this particular time right now and hopefully give people hope and, and and, uh, help them through and persevere through this, this time. So, and I waited a year to put it out till after we could actually tour once we were done with it. So that's why it's out now and not during the pandemic. I think it's important what this album says about it's just time for healing. And a lot of the songs on this album are about that. And I had a lot of help from people like Robert Randolph on Steel, Gosh, there's so many people on the, on this album that just said yes, and they played for free uh, as uh, soloists, guitar players mainly, but a lot of great keyboard players. And for the most part, my band is the rhythm section, and of course I'm doing most of the singing, but I had a, lot, a whole lot of help from a lot of great friends in the industry.
3: Did you actually start the record before the pandemic hit?
2: You know, in a roundabout way I did. A lot of these songs I had been sitting on, for uh, anywhere from a few months to a few years and decided to just finish them. I think what happened for me, being in my house for a couple of years, is I uh, went and visited my my old vinyl collection. Oh, yeah? And I realized, yeah, "Yeah, right? I think a lot of us did that. And finding out that I had a lot of great records I hadn't listened to in a while, Roberta Flack, there was a lot of Marvin Gaye, A lot of Memphis music that I had, Ann Peebles was one of them. And I wanted to go back to, uh, take this music back to that soul feel, analog feel. That's what you're going to hear on this album.
3: We're talking with Ruthie Foster. She's going to be coming to the Center for the Arts tomorrow night, Saturday, April 29th, an 8 o'clock show. She's part of the new Songs Fest the Center's doing this weekend. I'm just wondering now, I remember we used to broadcast, uh, KVMR used to broadcast, and still does, the uh, High Sierra Music Festival. And I remember broadcasting you 1 year back there and you did some Jerry Garcia stuff were you a, were you a Jerry fan in the day
2: Yeah, I uh cut my teeth on a lot of uh Grateful Dead coming up from I came out of the Navy. I was in the Navy for 4 years in a Navy band and I um I got out in Charleston, South Carolina and quickly found myself in the community playing music with uh New friends who were great songwriters and and singers, and this one particular cat he really used to he he got me onto John prine and uh Grateful Dead and a lot of just great folk singers josh white jr and that's that's really what I cut my teeth on and and really learning how to play better guitar <laughs> that was part of it, yeah. so yeah, I keep it mixed up I really mix things up i I love having fun with different genres and that's what people will find with my music i do a johnny cash song i do it very differently ring of fire my version of ring of fire is very different but i think it's important that these songs are played and if i can introduce someone out there who would never listen to country music or johnny cash they love my version of ring of fire And I think that's great. It's almost like I feel like an educator when it comes to introducing people to these just great songs.
3: Absolutely. You know, get
2: past the genre and just listen to the song.
3: Well, speaking of switching genres and stuff, you're pretty good friends with Warren Haynes, aren't you?
2: Yes. Love Warren. I toured with Warren for a while. Uh, I forget the name of the album, and I'm actually on his new album. Uh, I sent him a couple of vocal tracks for that. Yeah, we had a great time touring all over the East Coast and, and uh, Southern states, and he went to Europe without me, because my kid was being born that year, so well, I, had, <laughs> I had to jump from the tour and go,
3: go be a mom. Priorities there.
2: Yeah. yeah. I also
3: noticed uh, on your schedule, you're coming back in June to do a benefit for the Freight and Salvage.
2: I am, uh, yeah. Bruce Coburn and myself, we're going to uh, get a chance to actually do something together. We really enjoyed having uh, some time on the stage together during the Kate Wolf Festival, and this is bringing us back. Fred yeah. and Salvage is bringing us back together.
3: It's back on June twenty fourth in Berkeley, so that'll be cool. And uh, well, yeah. you just got—you got a pretty cool life, I, you know. I mean, you're busy today. I know you're at airports getting rental cars and flying and trying to get to the gig and stuff. But it's—I bet it's rewarding once you hit the stage.
2: You know, that's what it's all about. You know, I, I tell—I—I told my audience last night. You know, I got up at three thirty this morning, but this particular moment is why I did that. You know, just to be in the room with fans and old fans, new fans, gonna be new friends, new fans bringing friends. That's what it's about. That's why I'm walking around an airport looking for my rental car right, <laughs> right now. <laughs> All righty. <laughs>
3: Well, you know, I'm going to let you get back to business. We've been talking with Ruthie Foster. She'll be here tomorrow night at the Center for the Arts in Grass Valley. Hey, Ruthie, travel safe, and we'll see you soon.
2: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it.
0: That's our newscast for this Friday, April 28th. KVMR gets support from generous listeners like you and... Mercury Cleaners and Drapery Service, a family-owned, full-service, eco-friendly, dry-cleaning, drapery, and laundering service since 1971, with locations in downtown Grass Valley on South Auburn Street and on Plaza Drive in the Brunswick Basin. MercuryCleaners.net And Prosperity Lanes, offering 18 lanes of solar-powered, air-conditioned bowling. With group accommodations, blacklight bowling, special needs accessibility, and league bowling, Shirley's Grill serves salads, soups, breakfast, burgers, and beer open daily. ProsperityLanes.com Support for KVMR's Future of Radio project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off.